0: We are going to start a series that will carry us through um, probably to the end of June on the book of 1 Peter. And the reason why we are, one of the reasons why we're going to do that is the whole book of 1 Peter really is talking about trials and suffering and life, which all of us deal with. And how do we go through Trials and sufferings and life and all that goes along with it. He covers many things which we'll highlight even more uh, next week. But through them all, Peter and 1 Peter wants us to, in grace, stand firm. And that's why comes kind of the theme of our series, in grace, stand firm. And this morning, we're just going to look at the first part of the first verse of First Peter. And just look at Peter himself, the author of the book. So First Peter chapter 1, verse 1. I'm just going to read the first phrase. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. My Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this chance to gather together. And Lord, help us this morning just to become better listeners. Better listeners to you and better listeners to your word. So Lord, I pray right now that you'd help the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Who you choose to listen to matters, especially during tough times. Because ideas have consequences. And the way ideas are expressed are through words. And so who you listen to matters. And there are all kinds of voices that are calling us to listen to them everywhere now. There's all kinds of voices, especially in this type of a season of our country. Uh, we're in an election year. There's all kinds of voices calling you to listen to this or listen to that. And the question is, who should you be listening to? We have to ask, who should we be listening to? So Adam McCuff said, the sort of people that we become is in large part determined by the voices that we choose to listen to. Who you become will be determined by who you choose to listen to. And listening, especially in the Bible, is not just a passive thing. It's actually very active. It's always about obedience. And listening leads to action. It leads to obedience. That's what well. Jesus often said all through the Bible. Would, he would say something and he would say, Let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. He wants us to listen because who we listen to, it matters. Because those ideas have great consequences for your life. It, it determines... Who's going to run your life? And who are you going to let run your life? And really the question this morning is, who is running your life? The backdrop of the book of 1 Peter is set up in the reality of July 9th, 64 A.D. And the city of Rome is in flames. It's burning out of control. It's made of a lot of wood structures, the streets were very close to each other, and it went off on July 19th, AD 64, and for three days it just burned and burned and burned. And ultimately the city was destroyed, and Nero, the emperor, the Roman people believed he was the one that let it burn. He loved buildings. He loved to create things. And he watched it burn. And when they would have people try to put the fires out, they would be stopped so that Rome could continue to burn. And the Roman people lost everything. Their homes. It's an infamous date in history. Rome had completely burned. And Nero was getting blamed by the Roman people. And so Nero had to deflect the blame on somebody, and so he blamed Christians. And he said it was the Christians that started the fire, and the Christians are the ones to blame. And because of that, he got such the people riled up that a great persecution started after that, and Nero persecuted unbelievable amounts of Christians. And First Peter was written by Peter, who was living probably in Rome at the time, a little bit before all that took place but he knew and he could see that there was great persecution and great trouble coming for the people and so he wrote the book of first peter talking about suffering talking about persecution trying to prepare people for the reality of what they were going to be going through and he says to them stand firm he wraps up his little letter at the end of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12, and he says, By Silvanus, who helped him, who he dictated it to, A faithful brother, as I regard him, says, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. Peter wrote this letter to these people who he knew were in the really getting close to being persecuted. They were going to go through great suffering, great difficulties, great struggles with life. So he wrote them this letter. He could see it coming. And he goes, I want you to know that it's coming, and I want you to stand firm when it comes. I want you to listen to me, is what he was saying. Because listening leads to the grace of the ability to stand firm. But who is Peter? And why should they have listened to him? Who, who is Peter to call these people to listen? Because Peter himself went through a transformational listening process. And this morning, I just wanted us to look at Peter. But Before we go into the book and say, why should we listen? It is the word of God, but who wrote it and why, how he wrote it, how he lived his life affects us and helps us learn to listen. So 1 Peter 1 says he starts out, Peter, an apostle, Of Jesus Christ. And he wants us to listen. Because listening is part of discipleship. And he says this, we're actually going to work through it backwards. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. The most important question you can ask yourselves this morning is who are you listening to? Because the key and most important person you can be listening to is Jesus Christ. Being a follower of Jesus Christ means to be in Christ, and to be in Christ in a real way. The word Christian did not come from Christians. Christians were given that word as a form of mockery, both the ways in Scripture, when Paul talks about what a Christian is and how he defines Christianity, he says those who are in Christ, people who are very close in an intimate relationship with Christ, that's how they define themselves. They call themselves being in Christ. There's a difference then in who you listen to as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. There's a difference between being in a connection with somebody and communicating with them. You can have a connection with somebody and never really communicate with them. I mean, you can be connected on Facebook with 5,000 so-called friends and never communicate with them. You can be somewhat in this realm. But that's what what God asked for us. He wants us to be listening to Jesus Christ, be in Christ, be connected to Christ. The first voice that you must listen to is Jesus. And a disciple is really a walking listener. And our emotions play into that as humans. All of us came in this morning with different emotions and struggles and feelings. And sometimes we don't take our emotions in account. But when the Bible says that we are in Christ, that includes all of us. Every aspect of our beings, every aspect of our emotions. Dan Allender said this, he says, Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality, and the reality is where we meet God. Emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. However, we often turn a deaf ear through emotional denial, distortion, or disengagement. We strain out anything disturbing in order to get tenuous control of our inner world. We are frightened and ashamed of what leaks into our consciences. And neglecting our intense emotions, we are false to ourselves and lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. We forget that change comes through brutal honesty and vulnerability before God. It comes by listening to that. Taking all those deep feelings, all those emotions, all those struggles, not ignoring them, not putting them over here and saying, I can't bring those to God, I can't let God hear this stuff of what I'm thinking And not listening, but it comes by actually bringing that to God. Yesterday, they had the memorial service for Jerry Bridges. Jerry Bridges was 84 years old, unbelievable godly man, wrote many books, great books that had huge impact on my life. As after I heard that he passed away last Sunday, I went to my bookshelf in my office and started pulling out my Jerry Bridges books, and I was Amazed at how many I had, but I was also amazed at how many I had that had different impacts on my life at different points along the road. He was a very good friend that I never met. But his son got up and he gave his eulogy yesterday, and he said this about his dad. He says, the thing that amazed me about my dad is my dad didn't have and didn't act like he had this hotline to Jesus. When he was talking about listening to God, Jerry Bridges was a man who listened to God. He believed in a quiet time. He believed every morning, getting up and reading his Bible and have a devotional life. But he didn't look at it as some hot, hot hot line to God. But what he said was this. If you want to listen to God? if you want to hear God speak? I want to listen to God, some of you might say. I just don't know how. And it doesn't always seem like I'm getting much out of the Bible. Well, his son said this about Jerry Bridges. He, He said, Jerry, my dad would say this. A quiet time is like a meal. You do it because you need the nutrition. And most of the time, that meal is nothing special. It's only special on occasions, when you get the steak and potatoes, that that special meal. And that's what it's like in a communication, in a relationship, and listening to God. As you get up every morning, you get up at night, or you take some time during the day to read the Bible, because you need the nutrition. And you may not get all this great warm fuzzy out of it, but sometimes you will. But as you do it, as you just keep eating the meal, you will getting nutrition and you'll be listening correctly to God. Peter was an apostle of Jesus Christ. Who we listened to most was Jesus Christ. We're called to listen most to Jesus Christ and we do it by reading his word. Listening to his word getting around and being at places where his word is lifted up and magnified and tuning our ears into jesus And I would just encourage you to read the gospels over and over and over again Even when they seem sometimes dry and dusty keep reading them because you're learning about jesus You're hearing about jesus and jesus is going to be speaking to you and through his word And through the gospels. How well do you know jesus? Do you have a connection with them, but are you or are you really communicating to them, or you're really listening to Jesus? Do you know what is going on in your life that Jesus is trying to change? There's always something that God's trying to do in your life. Do you know what that thing is? Have you been communicating with Jesus so well that you're like, I really feel that God's working on this area of my life. I know that Jesus wants to change this in my life. What's going on, that Jesus Christ? is trying to change in your life? And are you communicating with that? Peter listened to Jesus, and he was an apostle of Jesus Christ, and his position was an apostle, which was a unique group of men. They were called by Jesus. They had seen Jesus. They had spent time with Jesus. They would seen his resurrection. Jesus called them personally. They were the foundations of the church, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. They received direct revelations from God. Most of the New Testament was written by the apostles, We need to listen to what the apostles have to say, which is another reason why we're going to go through the book of 1 Peter. They modeled what it was like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Revelations that the apostles have a special place in eternity with God. Peter was an apostle of Jesus Christ. But what can we learn from his listening life? It's very hard to take one man's life and put it into all in one little message. So the funnel that I was going to use this morning was just listening. And how did pe- what can we learn from Peter's life as we listen to the life of Peter and how Peter listened to Jesus and how at times Peter did not listen to Jesus? In the Gospels, there's more said about Peter than any other person except Jesus Christ. Peter is the second most popular topic in the Gospels. Nobody is talked about more in the Gospels Peter, except for Jesus. Peter was a fisherman, and he was successful at it. In his business, he had two childhood friends, James and John, and they lived in Capernaum, and they fished together, they worked together, they were uneducated in the scribal sense, but they were very smart guys, and they were very tough guys, and they lived very hard, extremely tough lives, fishing, keeping this business going. Peter had a brother named Andrew, and Peter and Andrew, they would talk about The Messiah they liked the Jewish faith they listened to it they wanted to see what was taking place they'd read the Old Testament they knew that a Messiah was supposed to come so they had these conversations and one day Andrew's out with John the Baptist who he hung around with a lot sees Jesus here's the John the Baptist says hey that's the one you should follow Andrew his brother comes back to Peter and says hey we've found the Messiah and Peter starts to get interested but he keeps fishing the Bible says he keeps fishing Peter was an interesting character. He was outspoken. He was a natural-born leader. He was very inquisitive. All through the New Testament, he's always asking questions. He's the first one to jump out and ask questions. He's very impulsive as well. He would, he would be the first one to say something and then realize, oh, that was a dumb thing to say, but he said it out loud. His filter was very small in the New Testament. He was constantly saying things that Jesus would rebuke him, and then Peter was bold enough even at times to rebuke Jesus. He was impressed sometimes by his own strength. He was very overeager. He was a little bit unreliable at times in the New Testament, but he was a real authentic mess and a real authentic follower of Jesus Christ. And in the Gospels, when it lists the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, Mark chapter 3, Luke 6, and Acts chapter 1, Peter's always mentioned at the top. In every list, because Peter was the leader of the disciples, he was this natural, charismatic, outspoken, impulsive, inquisitive, go-getter, hard-working fisherman kind of guy who was called by Jesus. In Mark chapter one, verse sixteen, and in Luke chapter five, and John one. Peter had known about Jesus. They talked to a brother Jesus. They had some familiarity who Jesus was. And Jesus was walking down the shore, and the Bible says that Jesus came across these guys. Peter one day was fishing, wasn't catching much of anything. Jesus says, hey, push your boats out and then fish some more and bring them back in. And Peter's reaction first was, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught nothing. Don't you think I know how to fish? Jesus says, go ahead and push them back out again. They push them back out again. They get unbelievable amounts of fish. The boats start to sink. Peter comes back in, jumps in, bows before God, and says, get away from me. I'm an unsinful man. And Jesus calls him anyway. And he says to him, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats back, Peter left everything. They just dropped their business. They just left everything and followed Jesus. They listened well, Peter did at the beginning. When God said, give up everything for me, Peter listened very, very well. And then Jesus met him, and he said, Simon, which is his given name, he said, Simon, I'm going to call you Peter, which means Cephas, which means rock. And Peter was not a rock at all. It was an impulsive, sometimes angry, sometimes messy individual. But Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, Simon, I'm going to call you Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock. Because that's what you're going to be. That's who you're going to be. Tommy Lasorda, the coach, Los Angeles baseball team. Had a, slipped my mind, had a player one time who was just very timid, not really that uh, strong, and was a little afraid. He was a good pitcher, but he just was a little timid, and he needed to be more tough. So Tommy Lasorda said, I'm going to start calling you Bulldog. And he called him Bulldog and Bulldog until Oral Hershizer became the great pitcher that he was. Because Tommy Lasorda looked at Oral Hershizer and knew that he was greater than he believed he was. was. And by calling him Bulldog was giving him a name To call out his greatness. Which is what Jesus was doing for Simon. He said, Simon, I see in you something greater than you are. So listen to me. And follow me. And Peter listened well. And he left everything and he followed Jesus. And he had a wife, Peter did. Of all the disciples, the Bible says that he was married in Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4. And so we're, uh, the picture sometimes we get of Peter is that all these disciples are called and they're walking around the desert, these 12 men by themselves. And what happened to Peter's wife? Well, in Luke chapter 8, 1 through 3, it talks about all these women that were following Jesus and went along with them, Mary Magdalene, Susanna, Mary, and this collection of women. So the picture that you should have when you see the disciples is not 12 lonely men walking around the desert talking to people. It was a collection of people as a community of men and women. And Peter had this wife with him all the way. And So people said, what happened to his wife? Well, his wife was with him and even paul in first corinthians chapter 9 talks about peter and his wife which means peter listened to jesus really well and he left everything and his wife listened and they went with him as well and i just want to highlight that because husbands and wives listen when god calls peter Saw Jesus, left everything, and his wife did not throw an amazing fit and say, What are you, crazy? You're giving up the business? Are you nuts? That, that's not the picture at all that the Bible paints. It pictures a man who listened to Jesus really well, came back, communicated it with his wife. She listened. They followed Jesus together. Because even in First Peter, the Peter talks about marriage is what we'll look, we'll look at. And John Gottman, a psychologist and marriage researcher, said one of the leading gauges for measuring a happy marriage is whether spouses allow themselves to be influenced by the other person. Do you do that in your marriage? And how you listen? Or is it you over here and your spouse over here and there's constant conflict? That wasn't the picture of Peter. He, he left everything. His wife listened. She saw that he was following listening to God. She walked with him. And they traveled around together, listening to God. He listened well, Peter did. And he confessed well. It says in Matthew chapter 16, in John 6, 66, that people were wondering, who is is Jesus? And Jesus said, "Who, who do people say that I am? And Peter was the first to jump up and say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. You didn't come up with that on your own, Peter. I gave you that. He was outspoken and he made this great confession of faith to Jesus. But an interesting thing took place, I think, in his life in Mark and Luke chapter 9. Peter was part of the inner circle with Jesus. He had. Peter, James, and John, who had been buddies for life, they worked together, they were part of the inner circle, they were always hanging around Jesus, they were the closest ones to him. Jesus calls them up to the mountain one time, and says, hey, come with me to pray. And they got up to this mountain to pray, and Jesus started to pray, and the Bible says his countenance changed. And Moses came, and Elijah came, and Jesus' face turned unbelievable white, it says, in Luke chapter 9. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, after Peter saw this unbelievable scene of these, the transfiguration of Jesus, and he was like, whoa! Whoa! unbelievable he's got to do something he's a very active guy i gotta do something here i can't just let this go by so he says to jesus peter said to jesus master it is good that we are here let us make three tents one for you and one for moses and one for elijah knowing what he said and as he was saying these things as peter was saying that to jesus a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud And a voice came out of the cloud, and so God the Father saw what Peter did, heard what Peter saw, was watching it, and out of the voice from heaven, God the Father says, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And if Peter would have done that well, it would have been wonderful, but Peter's life began to stop listening. To Jesus, So he had this great confession, but then his life started to crumble, which was unfortunate, but necessary for his life. Jesus, towards the end of his life, they followed him. Peter was always making these questions. He's following Jesus. He believes in Jesus. He's passionate about Jesus. And then towards the end, in Luke chapter 22, it gives the account that Jesus is getting ready to die. Peter's like, no, that's not going to happen. I'll die for you, Jesus. No one's going to mess with you. I've I've given my life for you. I'm going to be around you forever. I am not going to let that happen to you. I will die for you. And Jesus says, Peter, you're, you're going to deny me. And Peter did not believe it. He rebuked Jesus. But then Jesus said in Luke 22, listen, Peter, you're going to deny me, but I prayed for you. And then you're going to come back. And Peter would not believe it. He stopped listening. He didn't really want to follow. He didn't want to really believe. So Jesus was taken away and he was personally to get caught. He got arrested and all the other disciples left. But Peter at least still followed Jesus a little bit behind. he came to the the place where they were taking Jesus in. And a little girl starts talking to him and saying, Hey, aren't you a follower of Jesus? Didn't you follow Jesus? You're one of his disciples too, aren't you? And Peter starts denying it and he denies it and he denies it until the cock crew three times. And Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And Peter was devastated. And the Bible says Peter left and he whipped bitterly and cried. He was a failure in his eyes. He was a complete, he was hopelessly ashamed of himself. He knew that everything that Jesus said, anybody that denies me, I'm going to deny you. And Peter said, that will never happen to me. That will never happen to me. I would never deny you, Jesus. And he did. He wasn't as faithful as he thought he was. He was a little more confident in himself than he should have been. And he left. And he actually went back to fishing, the Bible says. And then in John 21, Jesus was resurrected. Peter's the first one to the tomb. He doesn't know what to do. No, is Jesus going to take me back? Is this real? Did everything my life, I gave my life for even matter? And then one more time, they're fishing. In John chapter 21, and they're at the shore, and they see Jesus at the beach making breakfast for them, and the rest of them row in slowly, and Peter jumps out of the boat and swims in to see Jesus. He swims in, and Jesus comes up to him. and says, Peter need to talk to you. Do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And one more time, Peter's getting sad and he's getting irritated. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. And in that moment, Peter is... A man who had crumbled his life by not listening to Jesus, but he listens to Jesus this time. And he listens really well, and his life is recommissioned. There's redemption in his life. This great failure, this man full of shame, hopelessly thought there was no hope for him. He is redeemed. He's, he receives absolute grace, absolute forgiveness, and complete redemption. Peter listened. And what Peter listened to is the same thing we need to listen to today. What Peter listened to is that he was and could be forgiven, that he could be fully accepted. What he listened to was that Jesus knew him and that Jesus loved him. Peter came to know fully who Jesus Christ was because of the resurrection. And he came to know fully the kind of God that he was that would absolutely forgive someone who would rejected him as bad as Peter did. His life was transformed by the reality that he was known and that he was loved by Jesus, and he listened to that reality. That will change your life as well. Until you fully know how deeply Jesus loves you, your life will not be as fully transformed as it can be. What Jesus wants you to know is that Jesus loves you deeply. All your sins can be forgiven. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, they have been forgiven. That God looks at you with delight and he wants you to just keep listening to him, keep following him. This transformed Peter's life. He was absolutely transformed. So it says in Acts chapter 4, after Jesus left, the first message that was preached was preached by Peter with unbelievable boldness for Jesus Christ. And it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Are you listening to Jesus that's well in your life, that when people are around you at work, the people that know you, you're not perfect. You still got lots of messes to overcome. You got struggles to overcome. But you have so been in communication, so listening to Jesus, that people sense that, you know what, there, there's something different in that person's life. That person's been with Jesus. What transformed Peter's life was he accepted the forgiveness of God and he knew that Jesus loved him he knew the gospel and he loved the gospel and he never got over the gospel so much so that he was willing to risk his life for the gospel and if you will hear this morning fully and not throw up all the barriers that stop you from listening that say oh no jesus you can't love me because you know this thing that i did in my past i can't overcome it i can't i can't give myself i can't accept forgiveness for that you're not listening to jesus Or you think, this is a very bleak future. I I just can't do it like other people. You're not listening to Jesus. Because Jesus took probably the greatest failure in the world in Peter and forgave him and called him and said, I'm going to build the church on you. And he did build it on him. Because Peter understood the love of Jesus. And this morning, all Jesus wants you to do is to know this and to listen to this. The Bible says when he's talking to Christians in Revelations, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open my voice, their door, I will come in. Anyone will open their heart to me, he'll come in. Whatever mess you have, whatever failures you have, whatever sin that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you want to throw up and say, Jesus can't love me, I can't accept his love, I can't know him, I can't really listen to him, I really can't risk anything, I really can't obey him. Jesus says, I'm standing at the door knocking, just asking you to listen. Let me come in. Let me rescue, listen to my voice. There's many voices that are calling you to listen to something this week, but there's one voice that you need to listen to the most, and it's the voice of Jesus Christ. And when Peter listened to that voice, his life was radically transformed, which gave him the right and the background to be for other people who are going to endure suffering a few, 30 years later, a voice to them so that they could listen to them and they can endure suffering. The picture of Peter we have in the Gospels is like three years of struggle in his life. And God transformed him in that three years for about another 30-some years. Peter was a beacon of faith and a stronghold to the church, and the foundation on which the church was built. Because he decided to continue to listen to Jesus. He was an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he was willing to risk everything for that, and to give up everything for that, because he listened to Jesus. So much so, the historians say, that during Nero's persecution of Christians a couple of years after Peter wrote 1 Peter, he was killed himself, crucified on the cross like Jesus told him he would do. History says that Peter had to first watch his wife get killed. And after they killed his wife, they took him to the cross. And Peter says, I'm not worthy to listen, to die like my Savior. I want to be crucified upside down. But he gave up his life because he was no fool when he listened to Jesus. And people have been doing it for centuries because of the reality that Peter gave us. So much so that a few years ago, a young Wheaton College student in the 40s and 50s wrote, I'll give my life for Jesus. I'll go wherever he wants me to go. Him and his five friends went down to the Ucca Indians, What looks like a waste was there for about a year, no contact. They finally make contact with these people. Just a couple days, some few pictures, and then nothing. And all five of them get killed. And Jim Elliott was a brash, funny, outgoing guy. But he wrote this He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. There's a lot of voices calling us to listen to stuff. That if we follow that, we're going to lose. But there is one voice, Jesus Christ, who's calling you to say, give up everything and just follow me. Listen to me. Risk what I ask you to risk, because I love you, and you won't be a fool if you will listen to me. Listen to Jesus, and that's why we're going to listen to Peter for the next few weeks.
1: You stood before creation Eternity in your head So oh.